Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top-rated brands like the Tempur-Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase, good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Good afternoon, folks. My name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And I'm going to be your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Steve Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. Uh, as you know, Steve has been doing the show for, I think we're 23 years now coming on. And every weekend he does it, and he's been doing it for so many weekends in a row. And now we do the uh, Saturday show, and we also have the show at 8 on Sunday. And so it's great to give him a break. He, he deserves it. It's well-earned. And it's great to be here with you on this really kind of gorgeous fall afternoon. Uh, happy Thanksgiving weekend to everybody. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, certainly unique times that we're in uh, on many levels. Uh, but, uh, you know, you go through a holiday like this and it's definitely, you notice the difference uh, more significantly than you do just in any given day. So I hope you had a great uh, weekend, probably with a few less people that you might have otherwise been with. But, you know, as I say, as you go through COVID here, there's a few things that stands out. Uh, one is that it makes you appreciate uh, the things that you took for granted maybe in, in your life before. I mean, maybe it's going to church services, maybe it's going out to a crowded restaurant or a concert, uh, you know, you didn't think twice about that. And when the day we get back to doing that, we'll all appreciate it that much more. Uh, two, it, it makes you, it should make you appreciate the, the basics in life, right? Uh, you know, do you, do you have your health? Do you have your family? Uh, do you have food and shelter? If you do, then you're doing all right. And uh, I think that's, that's important, especially you know, I, some of our listeners out there, you, you may be struggling with from a job perspective or health and and uh, we're thinking about you. And, uh, you know, uh, again, I, I'm just very thankful for the basics that I have in my life. Um, the other element is appreciating healthcare workers, right? It's a challenging time. I'm sure to be healthcare workers. We have many clients that are healthcare workers and uh, certainly demanding uh, times just in general, but if you're dealing with COVID patients, I'm sure it's scary times too. And then finally, you know, if we can't be thankful for modern science, um, we're, we're also missing it. I, you think about the fact that these vaccines that are moving through, they seem to have great results and that's that's huge. That is, that's abs- that's our key to, to getting out of this is modern science. And when you, when you start reading about uh, how those vaccines were put together and all the smart people that put all the time and effort behind that, it's uh, we're very fortunate to say the least. So just some things to be thinking about and thankful for over this Thanksgiving weekend. And again, it's great to be here with you. And I encourage you to call in with any of your questions. Uh, you're, <clears throat> you can reach me at 800-825-5949. Uh, that's 800 800- 825-5949. So call with any questions you may have. We're getting near the end of the year here and there's always a lot of good things you can kind of take care of right now uh, to get as you go into the new year to be in a good position. And we'll kind of go through some of those things to be aware of. Uh, we'll certainly be discussing the markets. I mean, just hitting all-time highs again this week and kind of discussing 
what you should be aware of as we move into the new year from an investment perspective. And uh, again, just really my goal here today is to give you some really good ideas and thoughts from a financial planning perspective that you can implement in your own personal situation. But if you have any questions, you can reach me at 800-825-5949. And again, there's no silly or stupid question except for the one you don't ask. So go ahead and do your fellow listener a favor. They may have the same question as you and you'll be helping them out by asking that question. So with the markets, I mean, really, it's uh, it it is uh, it's interesting, right? So if you had said to me in the beginning of the year that we would have some of the economic data that we have and the markets uh, would continue to hit all-time highs, I don't know if I I believe you. Um, it's uh, you know it's definitely you look at what's driving this, and by all means, uh, it's these big mega cap companies that are driving it. Uh, the other thing is uh, a word or a name, and it goes by Tina. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tina, but Tina is a big reason why this is happening. And Tina stands for there is no alternative. Tina, there is no alternative. So what does that mean? So what that means is with the Federal Reserve having been so aggressive in their bond buying activities, uh, right now they actually have more treasuries on their balance sheet than any other uh uh, actually, even continent. It's not even country. It's it's continent. Uh, Asia or Europe, uh, Latin America. They have more treasuries on their balance sheets. So that means they're going into the open market and buying treasury bonds. It's, I try to explain this to my kids. They're teenagers. How this works, and it's. I try to use them a, a, a analogy of a monopoly game, right? Which is that they they love monopoly. They kind of understand how that works. But you know that the federal government actually uh, releases these bonds. And then you have the treasury stepping in and buying them. Uh, you know, that's if, if only we could do that ourselves, we'd it'd be an interesting situation. But that's caused Tina. Uh, there is no alternative because interest rates is so low that risk taking is on. So that's something important to remember is what's driving the markets going higher by all means. Uh, we're going to go to caller uh, Bob from North Greenbush. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I, how are you doing um, today? I, Stephen, Stephen talks about a uh, Vanguard tech fund, mm -hmm. and I've been trying. I'm not sure which one it is with all these funds out there. Yeah. Uh, VGT. Do, do you know which one? Is? Yep. V, v as in Victor, G as in Grant, and T as in Terry. VGT. It's the Vanguard Information Technology Fund. And Vanguard, um, Okay. And so we've added that to the portfolio. As you know, Bob, we're, we're uh, big believers in technology, both in our business and also from an investment perspective. Uh, so we actually hold three positions in that space. One is QQQ, uh, which is the tracks of NASDAQ. One is RYT, which is an equal weight. Uh, hold on. Uh, hold. Oh, sure, I'll what take my time. Go one? ahead. Uh, QQQ. Uh, it tracks, the, it's a NASDAQ 100. It tracks the... 100 top holdings of the uh, NASDAQ index. And then RYT. RYT. That is, RYT, that's an equal weight uh, technology ETF. And that has, what that means is the QQQ is, and same with VGT, is market cap weighted. So the bigger the company, they make a bigger uh, uh, allocation of that index. 
Matter of fact, with the NASDAQ, it's uh, the top five holdings are close to 30% of what that index is. Um, so with RYT, it's the opposite. Each holding in that index has the same weight. So the bigger companies, the bigger tech mega cap companies just are going to have the same impact on the overall performance of that in the, uh, index as the smaller companies. And again, it's a good, nice contrast to QQQ or VGT that's market cap weighted. And uh, that way that some of the smaller tech uh, companies that, you know, small tech is doing really well and will continue to do well. Uh, they'll have uh, the same uh, impact on the index as the big companies. All right. Um, I know you guys are big on the S&P 500 index fund. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I believe I've got the van, the van, I'm with the Vanguard group right now. Okay. And uh, I'm, I believe I got the Vanguard 500 fund. I'm, I'm at work right now. I'd have to pull it up. But I okay. think it's pretty much a copycat of the S&P 500. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're if you're in a S&P 500 fund, it, it, it Schwab's, Fidelity's, Vanguard's, they're all the same. The only difference is the expense ratio, which these days is literally, you know, 0.01% or 0.02%. Schwab actually tends, we use some Schwab funds. We use Vanguard too, obviously, and, and Fidelity and whatever. Uh, Schwab right. tends to have the lowest uh, expense ratios these days, but Vanguard, Vanguard's great. And yes, so it, one S&P 500 fund is just like the other one. There is no there is no difference. Uh, another fund that we like is SCHB. Uh, that's SCHB. That's an ETF uh, for Charles Schwab through Charles Schwab, and that has exposure to the U.S. broad market. So it is primarily the S&P 500, but there there are elements of the mid cap and small cap into that as well. It's more of a all encompassing uh, ETF. And we use that as a core holding for many of our portfolios, just to get, you know, part of what's that, that's called beta, which is just gaining exposure to the broad market uh, for our clients in part of their portfolio. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm gonna ask you then this, I mean, I can handle a little risk. Uh, I mean, no one wants to lose money. How would you balance your portfolio? Say you were in a, how would you balance your portfolio? I mean, I know the S&P 500 or one of the 500 indexes would be a good thing to have. I mean, I've heard, I know technology where it's going. I mean, it's sky high, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I was in the NASDAQ 20 years ago in 2000 when we had the bubble burst, and uh, we had all these little companies that were falling off, and uh, that crashed. But it seems like now... We got some major companies in there that don't look like they're uh, going to fall off the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they're not going to fall off the edge. I mean, they may not grow quite, quite at the rate they've been growing. Uh, you know, when you get to be a two or three trillion dollar company, but no, they're 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 solid companies. They got great cash flow, great balance sheets. So, you know, I think with a diversified portfolio, you know, if you've got you want some exposure to the S and P five hundred, uh, mid cap uh, stocks. You know, so that's companies between two to ten billion dollars. Uh, small cap stocks, um, and then um, you talked about technology. You know, you might want to throw a little international in there. Uh, XSOE uh, is a technology emerging markets uh, a fund. 
We're, right now, we have no international exposure, but you know that's because we're tactical with the portfolios. So we could be putting it in there next week or whatever, uh, depending on what we think is the right time. But from a for, for a portfolio that's going to be more passive, uh, you know, having some element of international or emerging markets uh, is not a bad idea from a from a passive perspective. So having some of that, and then you know, then the more challenging part of the portfolio these days is fixed income, right? So depends on what age you are and. And you know how much you want to kind of protect some of that downside, but uh, you know the AG AGG uh, is the broad uh, that that covers all the it basically captures the the bond market, and the AG is what is the index for the bond market. So if you want to get kind of more of a passive exposure to that, uh, that's one approach. Um, so again, it depends on you know hold you are and and how much you want to kind of protect from market volatility. All right, very good. That's quite a bit there. <laughs> yeah, I know I gave you a lot of information, but uh, hopefully that kind of helps give you at least some ideas of how to uh, approach this if you're going to try to do this on your own. Yeah. All right, well, very good, sir. I appreciate it very much. You got it, Bob. You take care now. You too. Have a, have a good holiday season. Okay, thanks. You too. All right. So Bob has some good questions there. Yeah. So, we, you know, if you're a listener of ours, you you know, or client of ours, you know that we like ETFs, exchange traded funds. That's the, you know, all the funds we were talking about. They are all uh, ETFs. And we, we like them because of the low expense ratios, meaning that uh, the cost that Schwab or Vanguard has to put those out there, they're very inexpensive. Uh, they actually, I'm looking at VGT right here. It's uh, is one tenth of a percent is the expense ratio that Vanguard charges for that fund, and you know if you were try to get a actively managed mutual fund or if you use a separately managed account for a manager to make those decisions, you're probably paying one percent or more uh, for that fund. And when you look at it, I just did an analysis for a prospective client. It is so hard for those managers to outperform uh, these index funds. It just it just shows you, you know, when you're talking about asset classes, and that, that's really what drives market uh, portfolio performance, it is really difficult to outperform an index. It just is, it's not easy to do. Well, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion and we take your questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields, and I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I give my colleague, Stephen Boucher, a well-deserved break. So it's great to be here with you on this really pretty fall afternoon on this Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you're doing well. I'm looking out the window here. I feel like we could be in uh, London or Ireland. It was sunny this morning, and then before you knew it, we had a rainstorm come through, and I'm looking out the window again, and it's sunny again. So uh, just a really pretty fall afternoon and uh you know i think during this time of covid at least from my perspective with my family uh spending more time outdoors is, is something we've been doing both through the summertime we've had just had a great summer and i tell you you cannot we we did luck out with this uh, weather both for the summer and the fall it's probably one of the nicest uh summers and falls i remember and you know we're gonna my family and i are gonna go for a hike this weekend on uh, tomorrow, and it's definitely time that you want to spend outside. So 
if you weren't an outdoors person before, maybe you've become one now because there's, it's, it's good to be outdoors right during COVID and, and take advantage of uh, some sunny weather. And I'll be curious to see what we have uh, this winter. Uh, yeah, I've got three teenagers and we're going to try to spend as much time outdoors, whether it's downhill skiing, if that's going to happen, uh, cross country skiing. And last year for my son for Christmas, we got an outdoor skating rink. And uh, that basically is um, a, a kit where you fill it up with water and it freezes. And it took up a big chunk of our front yard and you just go out and you skate. You say, all you really need to have is water, let it freeze, and you need to have cold temperatures. So we'll see that we're going to probably have it this year and, and see how that goes. Of course, we need to have some cooler temperatures for that to happen, but trying to spend as much time outdoors, uh, staying active, staying healthy, and seeing how it goes. So again, folks, if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. You can reach me at 800-825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. So calling with any questions that you may have. So we were just talking about, uh, before we went to break a little bit, about how well the markets are doing and the real reasons for that, right? So we talk about the mega cap companies, you know, as much as there's companies that are hurting these days, I mean, certainly the airlines, anything in hospitality, there's other companies that are doing really well. And certainly those mega companies, your Amazons, your Facebook, your Googles, they're, they're doing really well, uh, very high profit margins, uh, definite uh, strong revenue growth. And as I was just talking with our caller, Bob from uh, Greenbush, you know, when you're looking at those mega caps, they make up a large part of the S&P 500, right? They make up a large part of the NASDAQ. So that's going to actually uh, have those indices do well when those mega caps do well. And that's a big part of we have to understand when we're talking about the, the market, it depends on what indice you're looking at, because small caps, which is a different indice, are, is not doing as well by any. So it's important to understand when we talk about the market, what are we specifically talking about? We're going to go to the phone lines, and we have Mark. Are you, Mark, are you there? Mark, are you there? Good afternoon, Mark. Another Mark. How are you? Hey, good, good. Well, I'm actually Marty. I'm actually Marty. Oh, I'm sorry, Marty. I'm, my, my, That's all right. My apologies. That's all right. Um, yeah, how are you my doing? My work recently, I have a question for you. Um, my work recently uh, introduced a Roth 401k plan, but nobody seems to know what it entails. So if you could okay. tell me everything that you know about it, what the limits are, what the tax implications are, if it's like in a Roth IRA, uh, I, I'd like to know all about it. Uh, uh, nobody seems to know anything about it at all. So I was yeah, no, there, what you have to say about it. Okay, that sounds, that sounds great, Mark. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, Roth 401ks are a great option, right? Because uh, more and more plans are offering them. Our firm has many 401k plans that we manage, and we have them pr in pretty much all 401k plans. And, and it's not, uh, it, it, your plan has to offer it, right? So it has to be in your plan document. It has to offer it. And really, it's just like a Roth IRA, except there's no income limitations, right? You can make any amount of money, and you can uh, contribute to a Roth 401k, and that's unlike with a uh, Roth IRA, where there are, are income phase-outs. Uh, the amount that you can contribute is $19,500 uh, if you're under 50, and if you're over 50, there's a $6,500 catch-up. Uh, so uh, that total amount would be $26,000 if you're 50 and older. So it's the same amount that you can contribute to a traditional 401k. 
And really all, all it is is just uh, like a decision with a Roth is, would you, do you think you're better off paying taxes now? Uh, if you do, then you want to contribute to the Roth and, uh, or do you want to pay taxes later, which is what uh, a, a traditional 401k, a traditional IRA is, you don't pay the taxes now, but you pay it later when you take a distribution. And the Roth is you pay them now and you let the money grow tax-free and you never pay taxes on them. So the, really what the, you want to be looking at to make the decision as to where you're going to put the money is if you're younger in your career, um, you probably want to be putting it into the Roth, right? Because later down the road, uh, you're going to probably ha be ha earning more income and you want to kind of protect that income because you're going to be in a higher tax bracket. Um, if you, as you get older, you're going to probably want to have higher income. You want to transition into um, the pre-tax or traditional 401k, or you may want to split the difference, right? And that's not a bad way to approach a lot of things, which is you're just diversifying. You're going to put, if you'll say you, you've got uh, $20,000 you're going to put in to your 401k, you're going to put 10,000 into uh, the Roth and 10,000 into the traditional and take a that approach, right? Which is, hey, who knows where tax is going to be uh, 20 or 30 years from now. Uh, there's a good chance they're going to probably be higher, not lower, but you, we don't know that, right? So you're basically kind of splitting the difference on that and uh, kind of uh, taking advantage of that. Now, a couple things to remember, your employer contributions almost always will be uh, the pre-tax traditional, right? There are a few exceptions, but so if you're going to put it into the Roth and you have a safe harbor or profit sharing, those dollars that your employer's putting in will almost always be on the pre-tax. So that's also something to consider as far as splitting the difference. And, um, you know, I will tell you that as you get up the the income levels, you know, if you're in the three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, you know, the Roth is still is still not a bad option, but you probably want to be more heavily weighted towards the traditional 401k, just because you start looking at the dollar impact of the uh, the tax savings, and it gets very compelling on that. But it, I, what I'll say is, if you're an employer, I would definitely offer this option. Uh, it's a great thing to be offered to your your. Uh, your your plan participants and your employees and especially your younger uh, employees we we really stress to younger employees of plans we manage that they want to be contributing to that and um, you know with the last few minutes here before we go to break you know now that uh, mark brought up the 401ks you know i think as you get closer to the end of the year this is a great time to assess can you be putting in money uh, more money next year and i know these are challenging times and you know, a lot of folks uh, from a paycheck perspective maybe have taken a pay cut or there's maybe a bonus they're not going to be receiving. But I really would, if you're uh, in a situation that you can potentially look at and evaluate how much you're putting in, try to push yourself to that 10 to 15 percent of your uh, gross income that you're going to contribute. That's really where you want to be. That's that's to get you to a, a spot where if you do that, especially from a young age, you're really going to be in a good position to retire. So look at right now as you get as you're getting to the end of the year, look at how much you're contributing and can you make a change to that? And then also so important, what is your allocation, right? Uh, how much risk do you have in the portfolio? Because you want to make sure that you have a large enough allocation to equities. And what I always find is people tend to be too conservative in their retirement accounts. They really could be more aggressive in their allocation to equities, and that would put them in a much better spot. 
So something to consider uh, as you're looking at that. Well, folks, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Come back and we'll continue our discussion and take your questions. Take care. The pandemic has changed so much about what we can expect from healthcare. Now more than ever, we must make the future affordable, accessible, and equitable. I'm Jody Lesh. In a new podcast from Kaiser Permanente, we interview the thought leaders and care providers who are helping shape the future of not just healthcare, but fields like digital therapeutics and AI. We have a lot to learn from one another. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields, and I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting here for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break, and it's great to be here with you on this Thanksgiving Day weekend. And uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I was with just my wife and our three teenagers, and we had an absolutely great time great meals and got out and did some exercise, played some soccer in the front yard. Uh, for those of you who've been listening to the show, you know that I had hip surgery uh, last, actually December 30th of last year. And to be out playing soccer and hiking and doing some small running, nothing too much. Uh, it's great. And I talked about the modern medicine and how amazing it is. And it's uh, to have to go through a surgery like that and come out in the backside and pretty quick recovery. And now to be able to do the things I'm doing, you just appreciate modern medicine and, and the healthcare profession. And, and I, we talked about the, the sacrifices they make and how, just how dedicated these folks are. They really are dedicated. So uh, to all those healthcare professionals out there, we're, we're thinking of you and we appreciate the work. But I'm here to answer any questions you may have regarding your financial planning or investment management situation. So I encourage you to call in with those questions. You can reach me at 1-800-825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. So one of the things that I talked about in the beginning of the show was just give me some ideas to implement in your own personal situation, right? It is so important to make sure that your financial situation and, and from a overall like comprehensive perspective is well thought out it is i can't stress that enough i just think people get so caught up in just the day-to-day -day living which is normal the same way and they don't focus on some of these big picture items and i do think that end of the year or beginning of the year is a great time to just to go through the checklist are you doing all the right things to put you in a good spot and make sure that you're, uh, when you think about things and you, from a tax perspective or investment perspective, overall financial perspective, that uh, everything's done being done properly. And that's what we're here for, for our clients. We're our, our client's personal CFO. So any financial question they have, and 
we, that's what we help them with. We give them guidance on it. So just to, some things to think about as you uh, go into the end of the year. One of them is in regards to uh, benefits that you may have through your company. So with Boucher Financial Group, we're fortunate we have great benefit packages that uh, we're offered as employees. And one of those is health insurance. So you're probably going through the, the process of picking out your health insurance. And just make sure you take time to, you know, understand if you're going to have any changes next year uh, from a health perspective, or that if you had any changes this year that you may need to make some adjustments for. But one of the things that if you're in a high deductible plan that I would highly encourage you to, to, to be doing is utilizing a health savings account that's uh, also known as an uh, HSA. So they're really a great uh, option. So the high deductible plan is where you're going to pay, pay lower premiums, uh, but your the amount that you pay for visits is going to be higher. It's going to be a negotiated rate with uh, the healthcare provider that the insurance company negotiated that, negotiated that rate. But what you can also do is put in pre-tax dollars uh, for 2021. It's going to be $7,200 for a family and for an individual, it's $3,600. You can put those dollars in pre-tax. Uh, and if you're 55 and older, there's an additional $1,000 catch-up amount. So that'd be on top of the amounts that I just provided. And then you can, if you take those dollars out for qualified healthcare expenses, they come out pre-tax, right? So just let's go through that again. You don't pay taxes on when they go into the account. And then when they come out, uh, if they're for qualified uh, healthcare expenses, you don't pay taxes when they come out. So it really is the best option as far as uh, tax preferential accounts, better than a Roth, better than a traditional IRA, no taxes going in and no taxes going out. Better than a 529 plan. Now, again, you can only use that on healthcare expenses, but the two things I would say, one is definitely, if you're in a high deductible plan, this is really one of you like to try to run most of your expenses through, right? Just a, a great way to cover those expenses. And two, if you're able to, to save those dollars, if you have more than $1,000 in your HSA, under most of the plans, you can invest those dollars. And now there's actually some pretty good options as far as, uh, investments with Charles Schwab. Now we actually can offer those through our with our clients as well in HSAs, and um, you can invest those dollars and they can grow. So you think about this: if you can let's just put in that seventy three hundred dollars, and you only need to spend two or three thousand dollars of it, then the remaining dollars you invest in a nicely diversified portfolio, and you let that grow over time, and you do that year in year out. It, these are great dollars that you can utilize in retirement for healthcare expenses. And, you know, definitely something that, you know, you should be considering both for, you know, current healthcare expenses, but also from a long-term perspective and retirement, using these dollars in retirement for healthcare expenses. And again, when you look at it versus a Roth or a traditional IRA, it is the best account from a tax preferential perspective to uh, take advantage of it. So something to be looking at as far as, depends on what health insurance, again, you need a high deductible plan in order to do that. Um, but you can either do it through your employer or you can do it outside of your employer if they don't offer them. But just something to, to be looking at it. The other thing is, you know, I bring this up now is um, life insurance, just to the extent that, you know, we see it so often that when somebody gets into a universal uh, life insurance policy or a whole life insurance policy, and you know it's sold to them as an investment maybe for retirement 
And, you know, it is really difficult to use those types of accounts for retirements. It, it, I, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it, every time I've seen them, it just there's a lot of hoops to, to jump through. And, you know, I'm a big believer, and we've talked about this, in the idea of KISS, right? Keep it simple. Stupid. That's the, the second S, but keep it simple. And when it comes to life insurance, it's best to keep it simple, right? So we see, you know, you have a risk out there that you want to insure against that if you and or your spouse passes away, that there could be financial obligations that you're going to have to cover. That term life insurance is the most cost effective way to do that. There is no investment component of it. Basically, all you're doing is paying for that life insurance for a particular term. So that could be five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that term is. Really, it's until that risk goes away. So for myself, my, my wife has stayed home with the kids. So I'm the only uh, income earner for our household. If something would happen to me, it's going to be a major problem uh, for our household and for my wife and kids. So we have significant life insurance on me to cover that risk. And then the kind of kind of uh, the terms end as I get close to retirement and the kids are out of the house. We've paid off the paid off the mortgage on the house and and we're in a good spot from a retirement perspective and the kids are out of college. Then that term life insurance isn't needed and it goes away. It works out perfectly. Now the other thing too is you know I do have we do have insurance on, on my wife as well. And really the way to think about that is, you know, if God forbid something happens to my wife, well, I'm going to be lost. <laughs> Our household is going to be a disaster. But, uh, you know, even from just the uh, operational perspective, there's going to be additional costs that we don't have now. So trying to cover those costs. So, you know, that's where you want to even consider, even if one of you, one of you is not working in the household, what expenses would you have to incur uh, if you had to, uh, now pay for those expenses. Uh, my wife does an amazing job running her household, and you know I don't know what we do at all, at all if uh, she weren't in the picture. So just trying to figure out what expenses uh, would you have if one of you were not in the picture. But definitely, do you have the right life insurance coverage, and how do you get it in the cheapest way possible? And in general, would really discourage you from you know going after whole or, or life insurance unless it's part of a bigger strategy. And in that regard, I would make sure that you're talking to a fiduciary first before buying the insurance and getting sold something that maybe doesn't doesn't work for you in your own personal situation. Uh, we're going to uh, discuss a few more items, but again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach me. You can reach me at 800-825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. Four nine. So, you know, one other thing to consider uh, from a end of the year strategy is uh, two, uh, two items. One is tax loss harvesting. So all that is, is you've got positions that are down quite a bit from where you bought them to actually sell those positions at a loss. Now, this is in a taxable account. If you have those positions in an IRA or Roth IRA, this doesn't work. But if you have them in a taxable account, it's to sell those positions and then buy similar positions. Uh, it could be like you could own um, one of the airline stocks. You could sell the one of those stocks and then buy uh, Jets, which is an ETF that has broad exposure to many airlines. Um, and so what you're doing is you're capturing that loss. And then if you want to still have exposure to that industry or sector, you buy a similar investment. Um, and you now have captured that loss to offset any future gains. The other thing that you can do is every year you can take a uh, $3,000 deduction against your ordinary income 
uh, for a loss that you have. And that's that's nice. I mean, so again, it's nice to offset future gains, but that's a, more, a different tax bracket. Right? It's capital gains tax bracket of usually 15%. Whereas if you can take that $3,000 and put it against ordinary income, which is going to be a higher tax rate, uh, that's even better. So something to consider uh, as we approach the end of the year. And again, you need to have losses in a taxable account in order to do that. And you're probably going to want to offset those losses by buying something similar. Not necessarily, but you might want to consider that. So, uh, you know, with the market hitting all times high, you may not have losses. I know with our uh, client portfolios, we actually did this back in March uh, and April when the, when the markets were very low. And again, we bought similar uh, asset classes and ETFs. So they were able to take advantage of the market when, when it went up. But now they have those losses that they can utilize again off of future gains and or ordinary income. So something to consider. The, the one last item too that I put out there is looking at your employer stock. So whether it's through uh, employee stock uh, options or a purchase plan or restricted stock, especially with the market doing well, looking at that and and kind of considering whether it's appropriate to to be selling those uh, positions now because you know when you're working at a company uh, and if you're doing well and you're getting company stock you have a lot tied up in that company right you have you know your income and now you have company stock and you know hopefully you'll keep doing well but to take some risk off the table especially if the company has done well and capture some of those gains and just kind of measuring that risk, that's a smart thing to do from a systematic perspective. And I would definitely encourage you to look at that annually as you start uh, kind of building up that stock that you're not overly exposed to your, uh, to your employer. So something to consider. We're gonna go back to the phone lines. We have Joe from Florida. Joe, are you there? Yes, Martin Shields, how are you doing? Good, how are you? It's nice and warm down here. Oh, I tell you, I can imagine it is. It's. Uh, I, I was talking about how nice a summer and winter we had, and now we're our, our fall, but now we're in the winter. So I, I wish I was down in Florida with you. How's the stocks doing today? Are they up today? Well, you know, as Steve would say, you know, this is one day you don't have to worry about. The market's closed, so <laughs> so, so not up or down. But uh, you get you get a day off just to enjoy. Uh, just enjoy yourself and not have to worry about the market if it's going up or down. But uh, what can you got a question I can help you with? So are they going to fluctuate next year? The, the stocks? Year? Yeah. You know, so I, I think what's important to remember, Joe, is, you know, we probably could definitely see some volatility just with the markets going as high as, as they have. And with some of the potential shut, concerns over shutdowns. Uh, that could happen if COVID really peaks. I don't think we're going to have the shutdowns like we did in the spring. I just don't think that uh, anybody's really up for the mindset of that. But, you know, if there are more shutdowns and it's impacting the labor markets and there's not another stimulus package, uh, you know, then you could you could definitely, you know, see the market have more volatility. So, you know, I think that's that's just any, from an investment perspective, just understand that these times, where you have so much uncertainty, you could have short-term volatility, right? That that just happens. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you should change your risk profile tremendously unless you are kind of have a life change, right? So if you're, for example, if you're getting closer to retirement, then this isn't a bad time to maybe go from a growth allocation, which is 80% equity and 20% bonds, to a growth in income, which is 60-40. 
right? This isn't a bad time to consider that. But to make dramatic changes to try to time the market, I'm telling you, you, you know, you could have said to try to do that anytime over the last number of few months and you would have been out of luck. And it just shows you that to try to time the markets is a, it's a really tough game to play. Uh, you know, it, it just to think that you're smarter than the rest of the market. I'm like, all right, good luck with that because it's going to probably make you look kind of silly. And, you know, it's just it's just best to be a long term investor, uh, a buy and hold investor. That's the best way to be. Well, we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join us as we continue our discussion. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGUY, 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you just joining us, my name is Martin Shields, and I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, and it's great to be here with you to take any questions you may have regarding your financial planning or investment management situation. And you can reach me at 800-825-5949. That's 800-825-5949. So I encourage you to call in with any of those questions. So one of the things that we get asked quite a bit is, you know, who are our clients? Like, where do they come from? Do we have a particular niche or area that we focus on? And the fact of the matter is we don't. A lot of firms do, um, but we have clients from just a broad section of different areas, from physicians to uh, attorneys and small business owners and retirees and family wealth, executives. Really, it comes across a lot of different areas of uh, that the clients come to us and you know usually it's a, a life event whether it's retiring or potentially selling a business or something a divorce something that happens where they're like all right you know i need to make a change and one of those situations is is with do-it-yourselfers you know we have many clients that for many years especially during the accumulation stages they manage their own portfolios and you know, usually it's something happens that they make the decision and say, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. And it's, it depends on what that situation is. It could be, you know, they did it while they were younger and they were spending a lot of time on it. But as they get older, uh, they don't want the stress anymore. They don't want the emotional uh, elements that go with managing their portfolio. They want to make sure that their spouse is in a good spot in case something happens to them, right? We see that absolutely as individuals certainly go into retirement where they say, you know what, I, it's one thing if I was accumulating assets, but I don't want to be in retirement and having to be responsible for, you know, how this uh, portfolio uh, gets managed as we move forward in case something happens during retirement, right? So there's a lot of different things that change. But one of the things that from our perspective, uh, beyond, you know, what the value we add with our clients from uh, the, the actual tactical management of the portfolios, where I think we add a lot of value from a performance perspective, from the, uh, as I mentioned, the personal CFO, the financial planning perspective uh, for our, with our clients, and then our client service team, which who's just invaluable. That's as our team that deals with our custodian Charles Schwab and really handles all those issues. So our clients are never calling. They went in when a hundred number. They're calling into our office, getting a, a live person, and our team is is handling that. Just that alone is, is so invaluable for our clients, depending on the, the situation. But, you know, it's interesting. The more, uh, you know, you work with clients, it's the emotional and psychological perspective that I think we add so much value to our clients. And that can be both on the investment side, certainly, and, and giving them that, that guidance. 
But, you know, really when it comes to making decisions, I, I'm just amazed at even myself when it comes to my own personal financial situations, you know, the, just the emotional uh, elements that exist along with the financial pieces. And, you know, I, I'm more cognizant of it because of my training and, uh, you know, working in the career that I do. And, you know, I talk about how when I was in my 20s, I was in corporate finance down in Washington, D.C. in telecom. And here I was, you know, doing mergers and acquisitions and business planning and business development for, for big corporations. And I used to try to manage my own personal situation. And I didn't know about personal financial management. I didn't know about uh, investment management the way I, I needed to. And I always say, you know, probably one of my biggest mistakes in my 20s was not having a financial advisor to, to give me guidance. But, you know, the, the psychological perspective, uh, the other day when I was working with a, a client that's maybe looking to sell a business uh, after about an hour discussion, it's a couple really nice folks, and they said, you know, it's almost like you're more of a psychologist than uh, a financial advisor. And that is true. I, you really, in our field, to be really good, you have to be first a good listener, right? Because understanding, you know, what somebody's really talking about, not just even what they're saying, but the nuances or what are being said, and especially when it comes to couples. I know with my wife and I, uh, you know, there, there can be challenges from a financial perspective, right? And, and uh, even if you're doing all the right things, it doesn't mean that there's not emotional challenges from a financial perspective. So, you know, that is, uh, that's a big piece, but, uh, you know, just having somebody else who's doesn't have a uh, skin, it doesn't have, I, I don't, when I give guidance to our clients, it doesn't matter one way to me or the other as to what their decision is. I, my goal is just to make sure that they're educated as to when they try to make that decision and to try to remove some of the, the financial hurdles uh, when they're trying to make that, you know, especially like in this situation where they're trying to sell a business, you know, there's a lot of financial hurdles in that, meaning that, you know, there's, is the emotional elements of, of starting that business and being successful and, you know, what it means to part ways or to potentially, you know, be working with somebody else on that business. That, that can be challenging. And that's just one example, right? Or, you know, retiring. We always talk about, you know, people just think about retiring as this goal. Then when they get there, it can be a little intimidating, right? You're going from uh, constantly having a paycheck to now uh, having to take money out of your account. And for people who've been very successful from a financial perspective, and that means just you know, saving money, investing it in a, in a systematic fashion, to now turn and actually have to withdraw that money. That, again, it's not until you start doing that where you're like, wow, this is, uh, this is a little daunting because I'm so used to putting money away in that account that actually take money out can be challenging. Or you know, they don't realize that when you retire that you know, there's, a, there's actually a social network and kind of relationships that you have for work that you really appreciate for many people and that they, they miss those. Uh, the other element is, you know, with a, a spouse at home, uh, if, if, you, if you're not working and maybe your other spouse, uh, re, your spouse retired as well, and now you're both home, well, that, that's a different relationship than you had when you're both working or one of you is working. So, you know, those kind of psychological changes, they, they're important to understand, you know, uh, how to handle those. And, you know, this is something we work with our clients all the time. So, and that we're trained on giving them guidance as to how to maneuver through those. And I think the big thing too, is to understand that like, this is not something to, you're not alone, right? When you're going through these uh, changes, that the emotional pieces, you're not, you know, feeling this just by yourself. This is what uh, people go through when they make those changes uh, in life. And, 
and uh, you know that can be challenging. And we see it, you know, divorce, absolutely, uh, losing a spouse, uh, you know, that's that's a huge change, and you know, just getting comfortable uh, with those changes and how to handle them and you know, how to kind of incorporate them from a emotional perspective, but, you know, with your financial situation as well. And that's where we spend a lot of time. And it's just so important to make sure that as you go through that, um, that you, you kind of know how to handle it and get the right perspective. And it doesn't cause more stress uh, because these, these changes in your life can be stressful to begin with. Well, folks, uh, we've spent a, an hour here and hopefully you learned a lot. It's been great being here with you. I actually will be here with you tomorrow at 8 a.m doing the show with you to give uh, my colleague Stephen a break. So it's great to be here with you today. And I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, take care now. Uh, take care of one another. As I mentioned on the top of the show, be thankful for what you have and uh, even just the simple things in life. That's the most important thing. Take care and we'll talk to you later. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner, with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.